Welcome to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast, coming to you from Gilbert, Arizona. We pray that God will bless your time as you listen. Dear friends, welcome to the liturgy of the 28th Sunday of the year. Last Sunday, the first and the gospel readings, we are focused on marriage as God's plan for humanity. Marriage is designed by God for companionship and the good of the spouses. As we had last Sunday, that the man was lonely, no helper that was fitting for him. That led to removing a rib of his to make a woman. Companionship. And then, the good of the spouses. Procreation and then upbringing of children. For this relationship to succeed, it must be built on love that is unconditional and sacrificial. Faithfulness, honesty, perseverance, good communication network, humility, forgiveness, above all, God must be at the heart of our marriage. God must be at the very heart of the marriage. Spouses should witness to God's love in their marriages and be exemplary. Just last, yesterday, the diocese celebrated a conference for spouses, marriage conference, and during the mass, we bless couples. And the high point was the blessing of couples that were over 50 years in marriages. And there we are these ones that we are 65 in marriage. I said, you've stayed long in this business. It's not easy to stay 65 years in marriage. God has blessed them with longevity, and we are able to witness this. We need to have God at the heart of our marriages, and we need to comfort ourselves. As I have always said, that there is no wedding, no marriage in heaven. It's better you take advantage of it here. Enjoy it to the maximum. Today's gospel reminds me of the story of St. Anthony of Egypt, father of monasticism. Tony lived in the fourth century and lost both parents at the age of 20. He inherited a considerable wealth and his younger sister. One day he encountered Christ through today's gospel with the young rich man, about the young rich man. Go and sell everything you own and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Without hesitation, Anthony believed that the invitation was personally addressed directly to him. He went and did what is uncommon. What was impossible for the young man to do in the gospel today, 
Tony went and did, but he sold everything he owned, gave the money to the poor, and went to lift in the desert as a hermit. Today we celebrate Anthony as a saint and the father of monasticism. This week on the fourth, we celebrated the feast day of Saint Francis of Assisi, and his story is not far different from that of Tony of uh, the, the, the Anthony of Egypt. That Saint Francis came from a well-to-do family. One day he had a dream that God was asking him to build his church, rebuild his church, rebuild his church. He went and got considerable amount of money and then handed it over for the building of the church. But the father said, no way, go and bring that money. He went and brought the money, but he left to live an ascetic life where he gathered some followers and that became the beginning of the Franciscan order from a rich family he decided he wanted to live as a pauper for Christ, a committed Christian life of prayer, humility, penance. It's a radical form of living the life of Christ. Dear friends, the question by the young rich man is indeed a fundamental question. We are Christ. We are every Christian needs to address to himself. Knowing fully, we will all die and appear before a just judge that will determine our heaven or hell. The young man was asked, the young man asked, the young man was asked, what is written in the law when he came and said, what can I do to make salvation? Jesus said, what is written in the law? The Ten Commandments, from the Lord your God up to, thou shalt not think, convert your neighbor's goods. He said, I have kept all of them from my youth. Jesus said, one thing is remaining. Sell all you owe. Offer the money to the poor was his biggest problem. We are told that his container, he containers, change immediately. It is not enough to keep the commandments. We must use what God has given to us for the good of others. A lot of people will say, I have worked hard for it. Therefore, it is my money. If I like, I will give. If I don't like, I will not give. Remember, you are just a custodian of what you have. He didn't work harder than some of your classmates that didn't even get to where you are. That we are all custodians of what God has given to us. He will expect an account of how we expended it. And no wonder then, even the gospel taught us that it is difficult for a rich man to make heaven because he is possessed by his possessions. He is not prepared to let go that is the difficult point. There was a story about a rich person 
whose riches he was glued to his riches, he couldn't give anything to anyone. Even to his wife was difficult. Very, very sick. And when he knew his chances of survival was just slim, he called the wife and told her that he must be buried with his money. That at death he must be buried with his money. And the wife said, no problem, sweetheart. So when he became critically sick, she took the money to the bank and then deposited the money. On the day of the funeral, she wrote a check and then enveloped it, dropped the check into the casket with the instruction to be cashed in heaven. The money was to be cashed in heaven. I don't know if he was told that the dollar is a, a legal tender in heaven or the pound or the euro. We don't have that as a legal tender in heaven. Only your good works will speak for you. What we use our money to do here on earth will determine our heavenly investment. Therefore, we must let go. Today's invitation cuts across one and all. The call to discipleship involves a radical self-denial and renunciation of worldly attachment. Jesus knew that material things can be an obstacle to salvation. And this is the reason he admonished the 12 and the 72 when he was sending them on mission. He cautioned them, do not take pauses, bags, sandal, and haversack. He intended them to travel light so that they were not preoccupied with so many material things. What then are the implications of selling everything to give to the poor today? Is Jesus saying he does not want riches? Not at all. To preach the gospel in modern world, we need the support of the rich people. I couldn't have been here if I didn't have money. If the diocese didn't pay my flight ticket and other procedures. What Jesus is saying, how we amass our wealth and how we are able to use it really matters to Jesus today. Perhaps he must have known that a lot of monies are gotten through fraudulent ways, means, that we are prepared to trample on the poor people in order to be rich. If that is how we get our riches, then it is most unfortunate, Jesus is saying, the means must justify the end. Some, the end justify the means. Jesus is saying, the means, you must get it on the right way, and then the expenditure must be on the right way as well. Our material possession should be channeled to the service and the building of the, church, the kingdom. Where we are staying to worship God couldn't have been possible without the donations of the rich people. And so when we have our riches and we are able to channel them appropriately, and that is what God wants. During our 
convocation, the diocesan convocation of Phoenix at Flagstaff. The bishop announced donations, fat donations from rich people and asked that they should be prayed for. There are so many people that are detached from their riches. This is to empower people that are in dire needs. And that is what God wants of us. The fingers are not equal. We would have loved everybody here to be very, very rich. There is no problem with that. But how did we arrive at that? And how are we using our riches? Is the question Jesus will ask. So, if you are rich, thanks be to God. How you will use your riches and convert them to heavenly riches is quite another thing. The rich need to know that Jesus and his mission deserve priority attention before their possessions. There is no conflict between the two. Jesus must be given the prime of place. Secondly, the rich must generously and willingly, without compulsion, put their riches at the service of Jesus and his mission. It is clear that the young man wanted eternal life but would not let go his riches. The young man stands for you and myself that are not prepared to let go either. Let go of certain things we possessed. And to him, keeping the commandments is easier than sharing his possessions with the needy. The tragedy of the young man is that he was glued and attached to his possessions and would not even detach to attach to the cross. Jesus said to the young man, you are lacking one thing. Go sell what you own and then give the money. Come, follow me. He lacked getting rid of something to get something greater. To some, it may not be money they have to jettison. It may be their anger. They are poor, but they are very, very angry people. It may be our growth, our excessive, excessive consumption of alcohol, drugs, apathy, lies, unfaithfulness, theft, and even fraud. To some, they don't love themselves. They need to love themselves. Only someone that does not love himself will claim to be another person. That me, Father Timothy, will begin to answer, Sister Timothy, or Sister Comfort. Father Timothy will say, now I am Sister Comfort. Sister Comfort will say, I am Father Reuben. It shows I have crisis in myself. If I love what God has done to me, I will hold on to whatever gender God has blessed me with. Why do riches hinder us from detaching to attach? First, riches encourages false security and a sense of independence that I can do without, I can do without 
become very boastful. The rich think they can always buy their way to happiness and out of sorrow and don't need God. Secondly, their interest is earthly bound and never think of the hereafter. Riches blindfold us and make us self-centered. We must learn from Matthew, the tax collector. At his office, Jesus said, come, follow me. Without hesitation, he left everything and followed Jesus. Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus when he heard about Jesus passing that way, he ran and climbed the sycamore tree, awaiting Jesus' passing that way. And Jesus said, come down today, I will dine in your house. And during the dinner, he stood up and made a great confession. If I have cheated anyone, four times I will return it back. Half of my wealth I have given to the poor. Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house. We must be prepared to sacrifice what we have for others. Of course, we sweated for it. But with God's blessings, you got to where you are. The young man lacks wisdom. Quite all right, wealth is good, but wisdom is the best. One who is wise can become rich using genuine means and then at the end of the day make eternity. The first reading today has said it all, that wisdom is the best that we all need. As a priest, I need wisdom. As a deacon, you need wisdom. Engineer, you need wisdom. The doctor needs wisdom. Everybody needs wisdom in order to function optimally and then aim at heaven. And this wisdom, where can we find it? The second reading connects us to it. The word of God is alive and active. It cuts more sharper than a two-edged sword. We have to read the word of God in order to be wise. Wisdom is hidden in the word of God, and God himself is wisdom. And to know God is to know him in scriptures. And therefore, for us that have the riches, we have to carry our Bibles always in order to read to know what God wants of us. Need wisdom that will direct us and direct us on the right way. And finally, what lesson can we learn? We need wisdom in our earthly sojourn. Solomon made a king in Israel. What will God do for you? He said, I need the spirit of wisdom and discernment. And we saw when they brought a complicated case to him. Two women were lying down, and one slept on her, uh, her, her child, and he died. Smartly, she transferred it to the other woman and picked the other woman's child to her own side. When they got up, the, there was a great chaos among them. How would they determine whose son is where? The dead one and then the one alive. So Solomon said, bring the matter. And he said, now, what we will do is, we'll slice this child into two, so that one person will take one half, the other will take the other. The person that had the child said, no, if she insists it is her child, give the child to her. And the other one said, yes, let's slice the child. 
Dear Solomon understood, if it were her child, she wouldn't have made such a recommendation. At the end of the day, the child was given to the person that had the child. We need wisdom in every endeavor. Riches come with too many responsibilities, as the gospel will indicate. If you are rich, be wise. Be careful of your sources. Do not be possessed by your possessions. Be detached from your riches to attach to God, who is the source of all riches. Go into, go into philanthropic rewards. What does it profit a person if he wins the whole world at the expense of his life? And even the Gospel of Matthew 6, 33 will say, Seek first the kingdom of heaven, and all other things will be given unto us. Eternity is worth sacrificing everything for. Thank you for listening to the St. Anne Roman Catholic Podcast. For additional podcasts and media, visit us on the web at www.sanaz.org. Again, that's www.stanneaz.org. St. Anne, pray for us.